Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I want to talk about conditioning behavior, maximizing and motivating your sales team. So if you're a manager, this podcast is just for you. If you're not a manager, eh, hang out anyway. It's going to be good. All right, managers, let me set up the scenario. Tell me if this makes any sense. You ever hire somebody or maybe have somebody on your sales team already and they have a problem and they come to you, right? And you solve the problem for them and you send them on their merry way. And then sometime after, let's say a week goes by, they come back with another problem and you do it again. You solve the problem for them, say, okay, here's what you need to do. Now go do it. And they keep doing this every so often. And you as a manager are thinking, you know, why can't this person get it? Why haven't they figured it out? Why can't they be more independent? You know, I'd wish they take more initiative. That's what you're thinking. And you, you're, you're disillusioned with the salesperson, sometimes frustrated. And you're like, you know, why can't they think for themselves? Well, the reason is there's a problem. And the problem is not them. It's you. Yes, you, the manager, are the problem in how you're doing it, how you're dealing with the situation. You see, when a salesperson comes to you with a problem, and by the way, if you're a manager with just regular employees, this applies to you as well. When somebody comes to you with a problem and you give them the answer, you are conditioning that person to do several things. One, not think. That's the big one. You're conditioning them, them to not think because you're solving the answers for them or solving the problems for them. You're giving them the answers. Now, you're also, because you're conditioning them this way, they're making decisions and you're conditioning to not make decisions without you. In other words, they're so afraid to make a decision on their own. They always feel like they need to check with you. And that's a problem because it takes more time away from them and it takes time away from you as a manager. So by giving them answers all the time, you make them dependent on your decision-making ability. In other words, you're taking that independence away. But in the long term, the third thing you're doing is you're undermining their long-term confidence. Let me repeat the three things you're doing when you answer the question for your employees or your salespeople. You condition them to one, not think. Two, not make a decision without checking with you first. And number three, you undermine their long-term confidence because when they always have to come to you for the answer, that doesn't build their confidence, that undermines it. So you are the problem. So what's going on and how can we solve this? Well, a while back I was reading a book by Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit. Great book, I recommend you get it. It's a big book, good read. But again, I'm going to give you the short version of what he talked about. How do we develop habits? And he says, you know, there's typically three stages to developing a habit. Three key stages. One is there's a cue. Then there's a routine. Then there's a reward. Let me walk you through it. There's a cue. I see something. I hear something. That's the cue. It triggers me, triggers me to do something. And then I follow this routine. Once I follow the routine, if I resolve my problem, ah, I have the reward. Cue routine reward. Let me give you two examples. If you're a smoker, for example, and you see somebody smoking, that's a visual cue. Or maybe you're stressed out, that's a cue, and that triggers you to want to smoke a stick, right? So then now the cue is either you see somebody or you're stressed. That's the cue that triggers you to create the routine. And the routine is to go outside 
and have one cigarette only. Once you have that cigarette, once you follow the routine and have the cigarette, the reward is the calming effect and the hit of nicotine. So the cue, you saw something, you felt stress, that made you follow a routine. What was the routine? Go outside, get a cigarette. Once you smoke the cigarette, the reward that reinforces the whole habit was the nicotine hit and how good you feel. So that's it. Now you now associated stress or seeing somebody smoking with a reward, which is, ah, I feel much better if I follow this routine. Now, here's another example of bad habits. Sometimes you'll walk into your office and you'll see your computer. That's a visual cue that triggers you to check your email. And so what do you do? That's the routine. Check the email. The visual cue, saw the computer. The routine, ah, let me just check my emails very quickly. And the reward is when you clear out a lot of those emails, put a lot of them, you know, delete a bunch of them, throw a bunch in spam, and then you took that list from, let's say, 100 down to maybe 10. The reward, the feeling, that hit, that high of reducing your emails made you feel good. And that's why every time you see the computer, you want to repeat that cycle. See the computer. What's the routine? Check my email. What's the reward? Eliminate that. Now, let's talk about your employees. Let's get back to the basic point. Your employee has a problem. That's their cue. They've encountered something that they cannot solve. The routine is to walk to your office to get an answer. The reward is the actual answer. So in other words, the cue is every time they saw a problem, they go, oh, let me go talk to my boss. So the routine is then to walk once I've gotten the cue, the cue is the problem. The routine then is to walk over to your office and then when you give me the answer, if I'm that employee or salesperson, oh, I feel so much better because you gave me that reward. And that reinforces that behavior that every time I have a problem, I'm going to walk over to my boss, he's going to give me the reward, which is the answer I want, and you've just reinforced that conditioning behavior, which is why they keep coming back. Now, Charles Duhigg in his book had an interesting way of breaking this bad habit cycle. And that is to change the routine. The cues are always going to be there, right? The smoker will always see somebody smoking, will sometimes feel stressed. You can't get rid of that. The computer will always be there. You can't hide it. You can't put like a black cloak over it. So you have to see it. So the cue will always be there, right? The salesperson will always have a problem. So that's the cue. You can't change the cues. These are environmental stimuluses that we get from our environment that says, hey, something's happening. But you can change the routine, and the routine typically is to walk over to your office and you're going to give them the answer, right? Routine, reward. What Charles Duhigg said, we need to change how we talk to our salespeople. Now, here's what I, I want to give you some numbers here to kind of work with, and these are just general numbers. If I were to analyze that conversation between you and your salesperson, the conversation would go something like this. You would be asking questions only 10% of the time. You would be listening about 30% of the time, but you would be talking, giving the salesperson the information they want 60% of the time. Let me repeat those again. Salesperson comes in, you may ask a few questions. You'll spend about 10% of your time doing that. Listening, 30% of your time listening to the actual salesperson tell you about the problem. But you're gonna spend 60 and sometimes even more percent of the time talking, giving them the answer, giving them the reward. Here's what I'm going to suggest. I want you to change the routine and the reward behavior. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, instead of 
asking questions only 10% of the time, I want you to ask questions 60% of the time. And I want you to talk only 10%. In other words, when the salesperson walks in or your employee walks into the office, instead of giving them the answer, giving them the reward that they're so begging for, what I want you to do is to ask them more questions and stop telling. In other words, ask, don't tell. In other words, ask a lot of questions. Instead of asking only 10% questions, now you're going to ask. 60% of the time is going to be spent on asking questions. Well, tell me, how would you solve it? How would you do that? What do you think caused that? Well, what would be some of your ideas? How do you think that happened? What could we change? What do we need to change? By asking them questions, you're triggering them to think for themselves. And here's what's going to happen. Here's the big upside. When the salesperson or the employee, through your questioning procedure, comes to the answer by themselves because you guided them there through great questioning, there's an aha moment. There's an aha moment for that person. In other words, the, they, they came up with the idea themselves. It is now theirs. Now, I, I want to pause here. I want to make sure you got this. If I give you the idea, it's my idea, not yours. But if you're the salesperson and I help you arrive at the idea, you have the aha moment you now come up with the answer, you take ownership of that idea. That's the first part of why this works. Second is that you're also conditioning your salespeople to think deeply. Really think about their problems. Because if you do this often enough where you're only asking questions, next time the salesperson has a problem, they're going to go, well, you know, if I go see Victor, he's just going to ask me 100 questions, and I know what the 100 questions are going to be. So they're going to say, let me just ask them to myself and they're gonna to learn to solve the problems on their own. And the third aspect of why this is really beneficial, the first one is they have an aha moment, it's their idea. The second is you teach them how to think deeply. The third one falls under the rule of association. See, when a salesperson comes into your office and you spend more time listening, doing empathetic listening by asking questions, the salesperson now knows that you care about them. You're taking the time to listen to their difficulties. And when you care and they know you care, they begin to kind of like you. The rule of liking kicks in because you're really listening. And so that's the benefit of flipping the ratio. Instead of going 10% as, uh, you know, really just asking questions, let's go to 60%. Instead of talking 60% of the time, let's only talk 10% of the time. Because most of the time, we're not, when I say talking, I'm talking about giving them information. I want you to spend as little time as you can giving them the answers. Spend more of your time asking those penetrating questions and this way you're gonna condition your salespeople to solve problems on their own and they're finally going to get it. This is Victor Antonio reminding you to do several things. One, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, please leave a review. And if you have some comments, please, I'd love to hear some feedback on what you think of these topics. Number two, don't forget to check out my website, seminarsonselling.com. I have some great sales training programs to help you and your sales team grow your business. And last but not least, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how.